Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement this week in New Zealand. Didn't even know he was in New Zealand. The largest corporate takeover ever devised. And uh, Say bye-bye to your American job. That's right. You haven't heard a word about this. Not a word about this. And just wait to be sued by some foreign country that you're not providing them, with yep. them enough. Let's try to see if there's any more to this, this article. There's much more here on this one, though, but let's go to this one. This is on the AFL-CIO site. Right. In the new op-ed for The Hill, AFL-CIO President Richard Trumka explains the key reasons why the Trans-Pacific Partnership is bad for working people, both in the U.S. and overseas. Trumka describes the deal by saying the TPP is a giveaway to big corporations, special interests, and all those who want economic rules that benefit the wealthy few. And excerpt, here it is. We've been down this road before. The Wall Street and Washington elite always tell us that this time it'll be different. The truth is that these trade deals have ripped apart the fabric of our nation. And by the way, the first one was signed by Bill Clinton. We see the shuttered factories. We visit towns that look like they have struck in the past. We talked to workers who lost everything, only to be told they should retrain in another field. But Congress has been slow to fund and authorize those programs, from NAFTA to CAFTA to Korea, and now the TPP. These agreements have continually put profits over people by driving down our wages that make our economy weaker, not stronger. In many ways, the TPP is a new low. A quick search of the agreement shows no mention of the terms rising wages or climate change. And by ramming through fast-track legislation earlier this year, Congress effectively barred itself from making a single improvement to the TPP. Working people deserve a better process and a better product. We understand better than anyone that the TPP is just another tool to enrich corporations at the expense of everyday families. We cannot and should not accept it. Because it can't fix the TPP, Congress has taken the steps of saying to 11 other countries, no, not this TPP. 
Taking that base step is necessary trade rules that lift people up, not crush them under crony capitalism. But Obama signed it, so there you have it. Well, yeah, but Obama is a corporatist. He's a, he's a corporate yep. show. He always was. Yeah, so much uh, for... Didn't, we didn't realize it until later, but, you know, this is the same thing that you got with Hillary. That's why I'm not voting for her. And, I mean, maybe, Bernie, but I, I don't know. You know, it's just, just ridiculous. He says he doesn't support those things. I know, but, you know... You don't know when he gets in there. The one thing I will say that... Um, I like uh, Bernie's domestic plans, but he and Hillary are very similar on the foreign policy. I don't like a lot of his foreign policy. Well, he's a Zionist, she's a Zionist. That's you know, right. And, and you get Zionist R Us is going to destroy the world just like it has already. And, you know, uh, whatever the whatever it is, as Obama's a Zionist, everybody claims to be, you know, love Zionism and hate everybody else. And Zionists are, are probably the... the Ultimate racist. It's unbelievable. You know, it's totally I unbelievable. I know it. It's just it's something. Unbelievable. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's unbelievable. But anyway, let's. Uh, As a dozen nations gather in New Zealand this week to officially sign the Trans-Pacific Par- Partnership, working families in the UNS are sounding the alarm on a deal that would lower wages and ship even more jobs overseas. The final text of the agreement released in November is even worse than we imagined, with loopholes in labor enforcement and rewards for outsourcing. Like its predecessor agreements, NAFTA and CAFTA, the TPP is a giveaway to big corporations, special interests, and all those who want economic rules that benefit the wealthy few. It is no wonder the presidential frontrunners from both political parties oppose it. It didn't have to be this way. The labor movement supports trade. We know that opening up new markets to American products the right way can create jobs and lift up working people. But trade must be done under a fair set of rules that puts people ahead of profits. The TPP fails that test miserably. From the onset, the AFL-CIO provided detailed and substantive suggestions for improving this agreement and evidence to support our positions. On everything from labor enforcement to investment rules, we offered a path forward. Let's see, we got to move this. Uh, I can't, well, you moved it, so I, I can't know. find it now. Let's see. Uh, Something about oh, way forward. But yeah, but I don't see that. You know the Americans and then the trade. The trade must be done under a fair set of rules that puts people ahead of profits. You I'm keep sorry. moving no, it. No, it keeps moving itself. Sorry, folks. Okay. Uh, oh man. Okay. Ultimately, our policy recommendations were ignored, as were those from the environmental, consumer, public health, global development, mm-hmm. and manufacturing sectors. That's what you get from secret negotiations given by corporate investor interests. There are countless ways the TPP would be disastrous for working people. Here are a few of our most egregious. After much talk about labor standards, the TPP falls woefully short. It retains the total discretionary nature of enforcement and does nothing to streamline the process so labor cases will be addressed without delay, leaving workers with no assurance of improved conditions. 
The consistency agreements negotiated with Vietnam, Malaysia, and Brunei uh, don't add any responsibilities beyond the current labor chapter and give Vietnam five years to come fully into compliance, even though it will receive the benefits of the TPP immediately. There is no deal to address longstanding labor problems in Mexico that have been uh, remedied, have not been remedied despite 20 years of effort to enforce NAFTA. The TPP would take a sledgehammer to American manufacturing. The auto rules of origin are so weak that a car or truck made primarily in China or in another non-TPP country would still qualify for trade benefits. Popular, Ameri popular Buy America rules are watered down, requiring the U.S. government to treat bidders from every TPP country as if they were American. Finally, the lack of any enforceable currency manipulation rules many foreign nations can continue to cheat U.S. companies and workers. These features make the TPP an outsourcing deal, not a trade deal. To add insult to injury, more than 9,000 new foreign companies will be empowered to bypass UX courts oh and access a private justice system, investor state dispute settlement, that allows them to hold U.S. federal, state, and local governments' decisions ransom. Let, them, let that soak in for a minute. Walmart's Japan subsidiary could sue Seattle for denying a building permit. Exxon Mobil's Vietnamese affiliate could come after the U.S. for rules and regulations that protect our air and water. The TPP is also a giveaway to Big Pharma, expanding monopoly rights that will allow drug companies to further drive up costs for patients. These rules are far worse than the ones in the, in, in the Peru, Colombia, and Panama deals negotiated by former President George W. Bush. Doctors Without Borders says the TPP would jeopardize people's access to affordable medicines. We've been down this road before. The Wall Street and Washington elite always tell us that this time it'll be different. The truth is these trade deals have ripped apart the fabric of our nation. I can't move this. Oh, well, so. It's kind of stuck my whole system. frozen. Yeah. There it is. Okay. Well, that it goes on anyway. I think that really tells you what it's all about. I can't get rid of it. It froze. Okay. So, anyway, folks, it's a it's a bad agreement, and I don't know whether there's it's much terrible, terrible that anybody can do to get rid of it. No. I can't believe that. Well, I can believe it. We're we're destroyed. These bastards destroyed us. Is what they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. really sad. D.C. crime bill? Yeah. Yeah, Americans going crazy. has become, uh, this guy sent it over, um, uh, Bill C. is allowed to, yeah, wait, okay, so he's done here. This is really bad. <laughs> this is Washington, D.C. That's finest. Yeah, D.C. council, D.C. crime bill, pay people not to commit crimes. Oh, maybe we'll get paid for that. <laughs> not that we're going to commit any, but the D.C. Council is voting on a crime bill Tuesday, that's today, uh, what yesterday includes a proposal to pay residents a stipend not to commit crimes. <laughs> it's based on a program in Richmond, California, that advocates, say, um, contributed to deep reductions in crime there. Under the bill, city officials would identify up to 200 people a year who are considered at risk or either committing or 
the border of becoming victims of violent crime. Those people would be directed to participate in the behavioral therapy and other programs. If they fulfill those obligations and stay out of trouble, they would get paid. A reader wants to know what I think of such a bill. Uh, and the bill did pass, by the way. It did pass. Yes, uh-huh. Only in a society as crazy as ours has become uh, would mm-hmm. such a bill see the light of day and even make some sense if you accept the absurd terms on which we now operate in the society. Think about it. We already pay people not to work. It's all it's called welfare. We pay farmers not to grow crops. It's called agricultural subsidies. We pay people not to plan for their retirement. It's called Social Security. Oh, we pay for that. They're not giving it to us. That Now, that really makes me angry when they put something like that in there. We pay into Social Security. Wait, no, no. What he's saying is we pay people not to plan for their retirement. It's called Social Security. Yeah. Okay, because it's a voluntary thing. Yeah, but we pay right. into it. We pay people. They don't give you enough money, for one thing, okay? Yeah. We pay people not to take responsibility for their medical care. It's called Medicare and Medicaid are now Obamacare. The list goes on and on. Leave it to places like Washington, D.C. and California, two places where the growth of government goes on uncontested, to come up with a law to pay people not to commit crimes. Any reasonable person can immediately sense the horrific injustice implied in this law, <laughs> although might feel powerless to identify it. Some unspoken assumption of such a law. The criminal is not responsible for his or her actions, and the criminal is a product of society, a victim of income inequality, a victim of racism, a victim of all the other things, and should be compensated. I, I think this is kind of funny thing. Right, let, let's, I'll finish it up. Kind of, no, don't bother. It just well, makes it me left, mad. It's really just stupid. Yeah, yeah, but it says the idea of bribing people not to murder, uh, assault, or steal from you is appalling to any reasonable person, but reasonable people also do not wish to be labeled racist or hateful, which will likely happen if you attempt to challenge such a law and its fundamentals. Because to challenge such a law, you have to make the claim that people are responsible for their actions. And that's the one thing reason one thing reason requires, and yet other irrational lawmakers will never permit us to do. He's from Newsmax. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a conservative thing. I know that. Ugh. Dr. Hurd. But hey, you know, it's an interesting thing. You know, well, you know, you're giving people behavioral therapy to try to get them to straighten out, mm-hmm. and you have to make it worth their while. And if they commit fewer crimes, it probably saves a lot of money sure. in the in the end. So, okay. you know, and I don't like the idea that, you know, they liken that to Social Security, which you pay for. Well, that's which, Newsmax. Yeah. Right? Newsmax. In fact, they, nothing gets quoted much from them anymore because they're kind of like, yeah. Not worth it. No. And uh, I kind of like the Fox News of, you know, magazines. Oh. Yeah, and this is where I, this was interesting, I thought. Remember, it is dangerous to cut an onion and try to use it to cook the next day. I didn't know this. I didn't either. It says it becomes highly poisonous or even a, oh, for even a single night and creates toxic bacteria, which can cause azure stomach infections, infections because of excess bile secretions and even food poisoning. I, I thought that was an interesting thing to, to, to hear. I wasn't me. aware of that. I've used them before, and I never got sick. I mean, I've cut onions, and I'll put them in a bag and put them in a refrigerator. So yeah. have I, but I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, yeah, they seem to be all right. U.S. has fallen into Australia is no different. What's this about? 
I believe that. Eighty-one <laughs> percent. Think federal government is cor- is corrupt. Yeah. Voters strongly believe this is from someplace. Rasmussen reports. Voters strongly believe the federal government is crooked. To seek survey question that what uh one of survey of a thousand likely voters was conducted on January twenty eighth. Um by Rasmussen report. The margin of sampling, the, 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 who the hell cares? Okay, well, anyway, yeah. 81% said it was corrupt, and there's absolutely no article to back this <laughs> up. <laughs> okay, so much for that. Uh, Keep going. Let's see, Lila, Lila, you and I disagree, so that's 100% disagree with that report. <laughs> huh? I think it's it's phony and corrupt. Yeah. So there. Now, this, this burned me. Uh, Tyson, all natural. Have you all heard about Tyson cutting 75,000 jobs, spending, sending their chicken to China from the United States to be processed in China, and then sent back to the United States to be sold? Well, I'm not buying their chicken. I think we'll go boycott Tyson from this day on. FDA just gave it's okay to do the same with our seafood and our fish. So, I mean, the FDA, I shouldn't be the FDA is one freaking... Jeez. Trade it to the American people. Oh, God, it is, it is, it is. Oh, we're, we're getting sold down the tubes now. I love this. I love this. Donald Trump and Pope Francis among the 216, the 2016 Nobel Peace Prize nominees. <laughs> I love okay. this. I love this. Well, Obama got a Peace Prize. No, no, I love it. But for Trump to get it, it's, it's fun. And the reason he got it was because of his... his, his uh, Norway, a woman, woman who champions the rights of ISIS rape victims, Pope Francis, the Afghan woman cycling team, and the Afghan women's cycling team, and Donald Trump are reportedly among the candidates for the 2016 Nobel Peace Prize. The five-member Norwegian Nobel Committee typically receives more than 200 nominations for their prestigious prize and keeps candidates secrets for 50 and keeps candidates secret for 50 years. What? What? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. Panel members can make their own nominations during their first judging meeting on February 29th. Norwegian lawmaker Auden Lisbakken nominated Narya Muryad, a Yazdi who escaped from the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, as a, se- a sexual slave to become a spokeswoman for those abused by the group's militants. We want a peace prize that can awaken the world to the fight against sexual violence as a weapon of the war, Ms. Bakken said, and the leader of Norway's Socialist Left Party said in a statement. He has also nominated the Congolese surgeon Dennis Mukwege, who treats victims of sexual violence in that nation's civil war. In December, Murad told the U.S. Security Council how she and thousands of other Yazdi women and girls were abducted and held in captivity and repeatedly raped after the Iraqi province of Sinjar fell to ISIS in August of 2014. She escaped after three months in captivity. 
Nobel laureate Desmond Tutu has given his backing to Pope Francis as well as the economist Herman Daly and the Club of Rome think tank for their significant contribution to global understanding of sustainable development. You know what Club of Rome is, right? Oh, yeah. They're the ultimate Illuminati, man. The Afghani women's cycling team has been nominated by 118 Italian lawmakers to promote the most democratic means of transportation for all mankind. Olav Noljalstad, the non-voting secretary to the Nobel judging panel, said qualified nominators, including lawmakers of national parliaments and former winners, often submit their candidates at the very last minute with new names pouring in throughout the deadline day, which was Monday this week. Any nomination postmarked before February 2nd will be considered. It is not clear who might have submitted the nominations for a U.S. Republican presidential candidate and billionaire businessman Donald Trump. Nobel watcher Christenberg Harbziken, the director of the Peace Research Institute of Oslo, told the French news agency AFP that he'd received a copy of the nomination letter suggesting Trump, who drew criticism from around the world for his vow to ban Muslims entering the U.S., should be awarded that prestigious prize for his vigorous peace through strength ideology and used as a threat weapon of deterrence against radical Islam ISIS, nuclear Iran, and communist China. He probably he probably submitted it himself. Maybe his son submitted it. Yeah, or himself. Yeah, why not? Hey, why not? Somebody in his family, probably. I think I'll, I'll submit my own. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? So Trump and Pope, Pope Francis are among the well, nominees. Yeah, I thought that was so funny to say. And look... It only took 90 precincts and properly reported massive photo fraud, voter intimidation, and six winning coin, uh, and, and winning six coin flips. But we did it. We tied in Iowa, and that's and that's uh, and that's Hillary. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, voter fraud and six coin flips. You got it. I thought this was funny. Goldman Sachs chief threatened by dangerous criticism from Sanders. <laughs> Good for Sanders. Going after them too. He should. Yeah, I hope so. Let's see how far he gets. Investment banker CEO says Sanders' critique is dangerous, not just for Wall Street, but for anybody who is a little bit out of something. something. Can you push this over? We can't, I can't. see it. Really, it's, it's, it's a little too Maybe we could shrink it down. Internet Explorer stopped working. Hang on. Uh, Just days after Bernie Sanders' campaign had singled out Goldman Sachs as one of the Wall Street's banks uh, that that triggered the financial meltdown, the head of the global investment bank firm said uh, such criticism is dangerous. Oh, just so that you know, Texas' wife has worked for Goldman Sachs. Work, and Ted Cruz took out a a million-dollar loan at like one percent interest from them, which well, means he's never going to pay. Which he them. never reported. Yeah, and he's never going to pay them. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, just days after, well, uh, 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 Sanders then, has railed against Wall Street throughout his populist campaign, accusing the sector of ruining the economy, 
holding down the middle class. And he has singled out Goldman CEO Lloyd Blankfein and his firm as a poster child for the greed and recklessness he says is endemic in finance. In in a January interview with Bloomberg, he specifically mentioned Blankfein as representing greed on Wall Street for taking massive pay packages after destroying the economy. To personalize it, uh, it has has potential to be dangerous. To personalize it, it has potential to be a dangerous moment, Blankfein told CNBC on Wednesday. Not just for Wall Street, but for anybody who is just who's a little bit out of line. Blankfield, he considers himself a little bit out yeah, of line. Right. Oh, yeah, Blank okay. Fine, uh also reported, uh, he argued that uh, Sanders and his ilk are too rigid to get anything done, as they hope put it. On the campaign trail, Sanders has cri- criticized not only big banks, but rival Hillary Clinton's cozy ties to them. Bloomberg notes that Blankfield who supported Clinton for president in 2008, also declined to endorse a candidate for the 216 U.S. presidential election, saying his impremature could harm the person's chances. That's not true. She got uh, she got a whole bunch of money from them. Yeah. And so did Ted Cruz and so did all of them. I don't want to... Except uh, Trump. Except Trump, yeah. I don't want to help or hurt anybody or give them an endorsement, Blankville said. No, just give them a loan. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like you do to Ted Cruz. Give him a loan. Yeah, a wink loan. Yeah, like a wink loan. Like, uh, uh, pay it back sometime. Yeah, one day. Yeah. All right. Our economy works for Wall Street because it's rigged by Wall Street. Let's let's listen to this. This is what you want to say. Goldman Sachs just settled with a Bernie's uh, crisis that put 7 million out of work and millions out of their homes. How does Wall Street get away with it? Millions in campaign contributions and speaking fees. Our economy works for Wall Street because it's rigged by Wall Street. And that's the problem. As long as Washington is bought and paid for, we can't build an economy that works for people. I'm Bernie Sanders, and I approve this message. There you go. And I approve it, too, because I think he's right. I don't know why. Yeah. So, anyway, that's what's going on there, folks. And that's from Common Dreams. I don't know how anybody listens to that guy just laughing his face when he talks. That's such a lie. Hey, for anybody out there who drinks Dasani water, all right, purified water, it's wonderful. Dasani bottled water contains four ingredients, tap water, magnesium sulfate, potassium chloride, and salt. The Dasani label claims these ingredients are added, but it's it's tap water. Uh Uh-huh. It could be anything in that. That's, they're not the only ones that do this either. Oh, I know. Most of them, they don't. It says purified water. Yeah, tap water, known teratogen, a lethal drug, and salt. Uh, the Sani bottle. Oh, fuck, I hate these things. I hate pop ups more than life itself. Ah. Uh, you have to go down further to get it. Yeah, okay. Uh, pop-ups are the latest. Dasani bottled water contains four ingredients, tap water, magnesium sulfate, potassium chloride, and salt. The Dasani label claims these ingredients are added for taste, and while that may be true, these ingredients change a lot more than 
taste. Did you know what's really in your bottled water? Dasani ingredient number one, tap water. It's no secret that Dasani, which is owned by Coca-Cola, bottles tap water. In general, I have no problem drinking tap water, although tap water often tastes noticeably different from spring water. I acknowledge that drinking tap water is an environmentally conscious choice. But bottling tap water, that seems to defeat the purpose. If you're going to drink tap water, drink it from the tap. Dasani, number two. Magnesium sulfate, a.k.a. Epsom salts, or bath salts. FDA pregnancy category B teratogen, drying agent, and laxative. And laxative on its own. Anhydrous magnesium sulfate is a drying agent. Could this explain the strange dry mouth I experienced after drinking Dasani water? It's ironic that Coca-Cola has added a drying agent to a beverage that is intended to quench thirst. Doesn't that means you've got to keep drinking yeah, it. Drink, drinking it yeah. If trace amounts of magnesium sulfate residue remain on your tongue after you drink a bottle of water, making it difficult to quench your thirst, it seems reasonable to question whether this might encourage you to purchase another bottle of water or perhaps a soft drink either of which would benefit Coca-Cola. Could this be a dangerous ploy from the marketing masterminds of Coca-Cola? Sure, sure. In addition, magnesium sulfate has many powerful purposes in medicine. Off-label, it has been used to delay labor by inhibiting uterine contractions in pregnant women. However, this practice is declining because recent studies show that magnesium sulfate causes birth defects at high doses. Oh, my God. After studies suggest that just five to seven days of utero exposure to high doses of magnesium sulfate causes birth defects. I wonder how much of this water is going to Flint, Michigan now. Yeah. The FDA recommended that magnesium sulfate be classified as a category D teratogen. Coca-Cola would probably prefer that many pregnant women drinking Dasani don't know that an ingredient in their water can at high doses can affect unborn babies. My God. So what exactly happens to the babies with mothers who are exposed to high doses of intravenous magnesium sulfate? After just five to dozen seven days, exposed babies experience bone structure changes and weaker bones. For these reasons, magnesium sulfate is now listed as a known teratogen with a, positive evidence of human fecal of human fetal risk. According to the FDA. And it's still in the water. Yes, the sunny water lists a known teratogen as an ingredient. As with chemical, the dose makes the poison. But I, huh? As with any chemical, the dose makes the poison. But I personally choose to avoid water with additives. You can le- learn more about the FDA's position here. More, uh, one more thing magnesium sulfate is known to have a bitter taste. So why is Coca-Cola adding it to their already foul-tasting water? Interesting, huh? Number three, potassium chloride, FDA pregnancy category C. Potassium chloride is commonly used as a fertilizer, but it's also used in lethal injections to stop the heart and in some cases too late. Why are they putting this in water? Interestingly, Potassium chloride is known to have a weak, bitter, unsalty flavor with a chemical or metallic aftertaste. 
what again calls into question how this ingredient could possibly improve the taste of poor tasting Dasani water. If you would like to learn more about the role of potassium chloride in lethal injections, Jesus Christ, you might be interested in Stephen Fox's article, Can, can the Ingredients in Dasani Water Kill You? Oh my God. Uh, uh, in addition to possible birth defects, the list of side effects from potassium chloride is endless. Bowel lesions, gastrointestinal disruptions, cardio, cardiac arrhythmias, muscle, this is from Dasani water, folks, nausea, uh, abdominal pain, diarrhea, dyspep- dyspepsia, uh, or heartburn, um, GI tract bleeding, hypersensitivity, nervous system damage. While potassium and magnesium are found in natural food sources and are their natural forms vital to the body. Anytime you separate a chemical compound from its natural food source, they may have different differently than they may be differently than they would in natural forms. That's why it's very difficult to overdose on bananas, but much easier to overdose on potassium chloride. That's also why so few people are able to successfully use processed foods to lose weight and stay healthy. How much potassium chloride is added to the Dasani water? Do you trust Coca-Cola and Dasani to make that decision for you? Dasani ingredient, number four, salt. As all written above before, I believe that table salt gets a poor reputation simply because sodium is added to almost all processed foods. While table salt itself is rarely dangerous, adding unspecified amounts of sodium during food processing can absolutely create unnecessary Uh, health issues for many people. Well, one bottle of Dasani water may not have much salt. If you drink six or seven bottles of Dasani water in one day, suddenly the amount could be much higher. That said, the real concern of magnesium sulfate and potassium chloride. God, Unbelievable, huh? That's unbelievable. That's, I mean... That the FDA allows them to put that in there. Well, it's going to be worse. I mean, we have this is this is genocide, Lila. Mm-hmm. It's genocide. This, it's, it's it's genocide. That's that's what it is. You just have to know how to navigate your way through the minefield. It's, a, uh, it's really uh, scary. Uh, it is, it is. Oregon man in possession of 13 million gallons of illicit rainwater sentenced to jail. Where, where yeah, the, the poor guy, he's collecting for, I'm sure he's collecting for his farm or his range, and, you know, I can't uh, uh, You have to make this a bit smaller. Yeah. I've taken a look at some mighty impressive rainwater collection systems in the past, but it appears that Gary Harrington, 64, takes the proverbial, proverbial cake when it comes to hoarder-esque rainwater collection activities. Over the years, the Oregon resident has built three massive reservoirs. In actuality, they're more like proper man-made ponds on his 170-acre property on the Croft, on the Crowfoot Road in rural Eagle Point that holds roughly 13 million gallons of rainwater and snow runoff. That's enough agua to fill about 20 Olympic-sized swimming pools. Of course, it boggles the mind as to what a single man needs that much rainwater for. One would assume that Harrington is reusing it on both for irrigation purposes and for non-potable indoor use as well, which 
unlike in many states, is permitted in Oregon. But 13 million gallons? Apparently, Harrington, who has stocked at least one of the reservoirs with largemouth bass and built docks around it, believes his watery stash is much-needed necessity when wild flyers pop up in the area. The fish and the docks are icing on the cake, Harrington tells the Medford Mail Tribune. It's totally commit, total commitment to fire suppression. The bigger story here is that rainwater collection is indeed kosher in Oregon, provided that you're capturing it for an artificial impervious surface, such as rooftop, with the assistance of rainwater barrels. But an extensive reservoir set up complete with 10- and 20-foot-tall dams is verboten without the proper state-issued water right permits. After all, Oregon law dictates that water is a publicly-owned resource, and Harrington did not possess said permits. Well, that makes sense. And, and so, after a protracted battle with Oregon's Water Resource Department, Harrington was convicted of nine misdemeanors and sentenced to 30 days in jail, slapped with a $1,500 fine in order to breach his dams and drain his ponds. And after the sentence in, in late July, Harrington surrendered himself to authorities late last week and began his stint in Jackson City Jail. Uh, can't fight City Hall now. No. Apparently, once upon a time, the state did indeed allow Harrington, codenamed Rain Man, to collect water in his reservoirs. However, officials reversed their decision the same year, 2003, that the three permits were issued citing a 1925 law. The state's the city of Medford holds all exclusive rights to core sources of water in the Big Boot Creek watershed. So, anyway, the guy lost his case. Right? Okay, so anyway, I want to ask you a your question about that. Here's one that really amazed me. Um, not many people know this, but Chelsea Clinton's father-in-law was an embezzler and a Clinton family best friend. Right? He was an embezzler. Amazing. That's totally amazing. And... Father of the groom. Before I came to Cincinnati, I was a news reporter at uh, in Davenport, Iowa. I covered a lot of city councils and a lot of political stuff. One of the guys I covered was Ed Mazvinsky, who was the congressman for Iowa's first district. Seemed like a nice guy, but when he ditched his wife for a New York reporter, the Iowa voters ditched him. My most vivid memory is that he sat in the House Judiciary Committee that was deciding the fate of President Nixon. Anyway, years later, Fast Eddie got caught with his hand in the till. He cheated investors out of more than $10 million, and he went to prison for several years. This weekend, his son married Chelsea Clinton. Of course, this goes back to 2010, this article, but it was reposted. And uh, on July 30th, First, uh, 2010, 30-year-old Chelsea Clinton, daughter of former U.S. Bill Clinton, blah, 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 uh, who have recently received a master's degree from Columbia University, Joseph L. Malin School of Public Health, married 32-year-old Mark uh, Mavinsky, an investment banker. Nuptials were no uh, ordinary occasion, however. The event uh, was widely covered, and everybody knows about that. But nobody knows that Mavinsky, uh, Mavinsky was a, was an embezzler, you know. 
<laughs> it's just it's just totally freaking amazing. This article's a little too long to bother reading through the whole thing, but just know that you know uh, crookery crooks are in the in the family. That's all there is, right? Uh, uh, uh. Anyway, oh, this is good to know. This is something good to know. Uh, California, you don't hear this. You didn't hear this in the news anywhere. But uh, Monsanto is stunned. California confirms that Roundup will be labeled a cancer-causing agent. Really? Oh, well, we know that. No, we don't know that. How do you know that? I when did you know that? That's been around. It was, it, on natural, it was on natural news a long time ago. No. They it suspected just it, I guess. They suspected it. This has happened all of a sudden. This, this, this thing suddenly became news, which was good. Okay, it just it was it, this thing was posted on uh, in December. Okay, but uh, so now what are they going to do about it? Uh, Nothing. I, well, no, they, they, it's a cancer. They, they have to label this uh, everything Monsanto makes now. Hang on a second. California has just dealt the blow to Monsanto as the state's environmental protection agency has decided to list glyphosate the highly toxic main ingredient used in Roundup as a known carcinogen. Under Proposition 65, also known as the Safe Drinking Water and Toxic Enforcement Act of 1986, the state is permitted to list and publish chemicals that cause birth defects, cancer, and reproductive harm. If a chemical is found to be carcinogenic by the International Agency on Cancer, uh, they are required to be listed as well. The... Uh, The released report in March of states glyphosate to be probably carcinogenic. The uh, report shows that the herbicide has been found to cause cancer in lab animals as well. Case control studies of uh, occupational exposure in USA, Canada, and Sweden report increased risk for non-Hodgkin lymphoma that persists after adjustments to other pesticides. The decision of California to list glyphosate on the toxic chemicals list is the first of its kind. As far as I'm aware, this is the first regulatory agency within the U.S. to determine that glyphosate is a carcinogen. So this is a very big deal. Uh, and uh, California EPA Office of Environmental Hazard uh, filed its notice of intent to list glyphosate to be a known cancer agent. Monsanto was baffled by the decision to place glyphosate on the state list of close to 800 toxic chemicals. Uh, Carla Lord, spokesman of the massive company, told AgriPulse that glyphosate is an effective and valuable tool for farmers and other users, including many in the state of California. During the upcoming comment period, we will provide detailed scientific information, blah, 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 blah. And Roundup is used on crops all over the world, especially Monsanto Roundup, and it's a carcinogen. Who... Uh, World Health Organization, I realized its report naming glyphosate carcinogen, carcinogenic. It took less than a week for Monsanto to call for a reaction, retraction rather, and biotech giants still claim the Roundup is safe when used as directed. California seems to be leading the charge against Monsanto within the states. It shouldn't take long for other states to join the fight. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, that they do. I mean, I really am. Somebody got to stop these guys. Somebody got to stop them. (sighs) 
Here's an interesting one. And just a note, in Benghazi, four people died, and there were seven congressional investigations. Flint, Michigan, ten people are dead so far, and there are zero investigations. Jesus. Poison water. Back to the um, some union news here. It says uh, NLRB judge. I don't know what National Labor Oh National Labor Relations Board uh, judge law judge. An administrative law judge at the National Labor Relations Board has ruled that the Walmart retaliated against workers for participating in the strikes. Uh, Walmart claimed that the workers' actions were not protected under the National Labor Relations Act and it was legitimate to fire the employees for violating the company attendance policy. Judge uh, Geoffrey Geoffrey Carter ruled against Walmart. The um, ruling says that Wall Street, oh, well, I'm sorry, that Walmart must reinstate 16 former employees uh, with back pay and must hold meetings in 29 stores to inform workers of their right to strike as strikes are protected under the National um, Labor Relations Agreement. Um, Jess Levine, communications director for Making uh, Change at Walmart, applauded the ruling. He said, today, decisions prove uh, beyond doubt that Walmart unlawfully fired, uh, threatened, and disciplined hardworking employees simply for speaking out. Not only is this a huge victory for those workers and Walmart workers everywhere who continue to stand up for better working conditions, but it sends a message to Walmart that its workers cannot be silenced. We will continue to fight to change Walmart for the better. Amazing, huh? I'm glad. Congratulations on that, Walmart. And let's see what else we got. If you look at um, this, is kind of off the uh, off the mark, but I just saw this thing come up, and I, I was really shocked. Uh, anybody heard about this uh, um, airplane that got that just recently uh, uh, got got, uh, got blown up 
all got blown up. We had the land. Part of it got blown up. And it says, explosive ripped a hole through a fuselage of Dallow Airlines. But what happened was that this guy, one of the passengers, caught fire and got sucked out of a hole. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like something out of a horror movie. A passenger caught fire and was sucked out of a hole in the side of an airplane at 14,000 feet. Oh, my God. Hassan Moar Noor, a survivor on that Dallow Airlines flight uh, from Mogadishu to Dabordi, told the Daily Mail, I saw the passenger, a man in his early 60s, just sucked out of the plane. There was a huge bang, and a bang hole appeared in the side of the jet, and the elderly passenger disappeared through it. One minute he was sat, he, he was sit, sat in the seat, the next minute he was gone. He, he, he'd been sucked out of the plane. People were screaming. We all thought we were going to die. And Noor also reported that the man caught fire before he was sucked out of his seat. And early the bird, oh my God, a horrible death this guy suffered. And early the, bar, the burned body of an elderly man was found in Balad, 18 miles from Mogadishu. It's uncertain whether he was the same man. Oh my God. The Airbus 321 took off from Mogadishu uh, Airport. Uh, on his way to uh, Djibouti, uh, Djibouti rather, and within five minutes, the blast ripped a hole in the fuselage measuring six feet by three feet. Uh, officials do not yet know the cause of the explosion, though the aircraft pilot was quoted as saying, I think it was a bomb. Luckily, the flight controls were not damaged, so I could return to the land and land at the airport. Holy mackerel. And apart from the elderly man who fell from the plane, only one other passenger was injured, a Finnish man who was reported to be in stable condition. Seventy-four passengers were on board, and um, including Somalia's deputy ambassador to the UN, could have been targeted. He said on Facebook that he heard a loud noise and couldn't see anything but smoke. Uh, yeah. Somalia is dealing with an insurgency by the Somali Islamic extremist group Al Shabaab, uh, which has been responsible for many deadly attacks over the years. Holy smokes. That could possibly be, huh? Man, that poor bugger just got knocked right out of a plane. Oh, you know, that's pretty tough. Really tough. And uh, we just got a few more minutes. Um, I think one of the funny things, um, I'm trying to find the article I saw today and I, I wanted to, uh, there it is. I, Trump is accusing um, Cruz of stealing Iowa. And I, and I, and, and when you, when you listen to it, it sounds like there's a lot of dirty, politics involved here, but um, I'll just mention it briefly, because it says, Donald Trump isn't taking losing the Iowa caucus lightly, and after a brief effort to appear statesmanlike and spin his success uh, positively, Trump is now accusing Texas Senator Ted Cruz of stealing the first place victory and calling for Cruz's win to be nullified in the Iowa uh, caucus. Ted Cruz didn't win Iowa, he illegally stole it. Trump wrote in a tweet, um, since deleted, oh, he deleted it, all right, 
that is why all of the polls were so wrong and why he got so far uh, so many votes that anticipated. Uh, Trump quickly deleted his original tweet and then tweeted it again without the word illegally and fixing the typo. Trump went on to reference allegations that Cruz's campaign wrongfully telling caucus goers that Ben Carson was dropping out of the race as a tactic Cruz apologized for Tuesday. We then, we went on to call for action to remedy what he saw as an appropriate action. And on Tuesday, Trump declared the Cruz campaign's efforts around Carson's a disgrace. But what he did to Carson was terrible, Trump said. And when he said Ben Carson is out of the race and come to vote for him, I thought it was terrible. Uh, that was, uh, that's the way it is, folks. And, uh, <laughs> Bush tells Trout to please clap at his New Hampshire event. <laughs> uh, oh, that's all he says? video clip. Uh, not coming up. Uh, they probably had it taken down because it was so embarrassing to the... <laughs> uh. Oh. All right. Well, Here's my pledge to you. Here we go. I will be a commander-in-chief that will have the back of the military. I won't trash talk. I won't be a divider-in-chief or an agitator-in-chief. I won't be out there blowhard, talking a big, big game without backing it up. I think the next president needs to be a lot quieter, but send a signal that we're prepared to act in the national security interests of this country to get back in the business of creating a more peaceful world. Please clap. You guys, imagine you got to ask people to clap at your, at your rallies. That's pretty sad. Pretty sad. Anyway, I'm going to, I think we're kind of out of news here. Um, I can find one more thing. Um... Well, everybody, most people know Rand Paul kind of jumped out of the race. So, um, Rand Paul is dropping out of the race. Uh, is also substantial is the most substantial critic of the NRA in the Republican field. Paul's libertarian position often put him at odds with other GOP candidates, who during debates and public statements tried to outhawk other candidates on national security issues. In one particularly memorable debate, he traded jabs with Chris Christie, a former federal prosecutor, who proudly said that he was the only person on this stage who actually filed the application under the Patriot Act. And Paul responded by saying he wanted more records from terrorists, but less records from innocent Americans. And the remaining contenders of the presidency take widely varying stances on the NSA surveillance for supporting some minor changes. Classics to explain to planning and expansion of surveillance powers, several others to dismantling the agency's perform, uh, program, which is Sanders, and still no one else has made surveillance an issue on the same level as Paul. Here's a brief recap of the candidates' positions. Donald Trump 
says he intends to err on the side of security and would be fine with restoring parts of the Patriot Act. You're out of my book, Ted Cruz notably voted for the USA Freedom Act. You're out of my book, too. Uh, no vote for you. Rubio sparred with Cruz over his vote for the Freedom Act. Out for you, too. Which would unnecessarily, uh, uh, the Freedom Act, he said, would unnecessarily hamper NSA spying. See, I, I, these bastards, they're all, they're all, they're all crooks. Jeb Bush, as often suggests, NSA powers to do don't go far enough. Ben Carson, one of the most vigorous opponents of surveillance. Well, there you go, Ben. Uh, ben has said that the mass collection of data is an intrusion to the Fourth Amendment rights. He has also said that he supports forcing security agencies to get a court order before spying. I agree with him on that. Chris Christie, <laughs> joke, uh, but I think this is wrong, argued for an expansion of the NSA's powers. Imagine that. Uh, John Kashuk stake, staking uh, out a relatively moderate position compared to other GOP. Kashuk has called for a balance between surveillance and civil liberties. Uh, exploiting curbs on mass collection of phone records. Early Freena, though no longer a major candidate for the GOP nomination, Freena has been extremely notable for the support of NSA during her run. She said that as a CEO of HV, she hand delivered service to the NSA when the agency needed them. What a what a piece of work! Huh? Oh, Maybe she ought to pay attention yeah, to running a company yeah, when they had such a bad. No, but she gave this stuff away. I mean, it's gone. Uh -huh. Hillary Clinton endorsed the NSA Freedom Act and has called for more transparency with the NSA, but has been set as quiet on the issue. And Bernie Sanders, the most critical and long been critical of NSA surveillance and supported restrictions on the agency's capabilities, like Paul, uh, you know, Rand Paul, he voted against the USA Freedom Act, arguing that it did not go, that, that it did not go far enough. And regardless of position on the issue, no candidate seems to have tied, uh, tried to build a platform on NSA surveillance in the same way as Paul, who frequently uh, brought up the NSA at debates and in Congress. With him gone, it's possible the issue may be pushed further into the background. Really? Yeah, that's pretty sad, huh? Mm -hmm. well, anyway, we're at the end of the show and want to thank you for joining us and hope you learned something tonight. And we will be back next week. So have a great weekend, folks, yeah. and um, watch those candidates. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take care. Oh, boy, it's a, quite a joke. And stay strong with unions. <laughs>
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.